Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of All Queued Up, your review podcast tied to streaming services like Netflix, HBO Max, Disney Plus, Amazon Prime, etc, etc, etc. I'm your host Greg Deans, with me always is Maya Don Fisher. How's your week been? Uh, it's been a week, that's for damn sure. <laughs> it's 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 certainly been a week. Uh, nothing bad has happened to me per se, but you know, I've been studiously following this ongoing drama with Hasbro Wizards of the Coast and Dungeons and Dragons and the tabletop role-playing game community. Um, there's it's it's fucking fascinating to see a community come together when a corporation says, hey, we're going to do this and you're going to have to deal with it. And the community like unifies and says, no, the fuck we're not. <laughs> but yeah, um, <clears throat> we touched on it just briefly last week. You know, I don't want to harp on it again this week, but you know, that's been mainly primarily my focus on that. And then, you know, I did cancel my D&D Beyond account uh, and transferred all of my things that I owned to Foundry Virtual Tabletop. And I've been in my spare time trying to learn Foundry Virtual Tabletop in time for us to get to a point to where we can resume our campaign that we've been doing. We've already had a two-week layoff, and it's probably going to be another week before <clears throat> I can get the adventure learned enough and learn Foundry enough to implement it and start us back up. It sucks, but it is what it is. Um, because as long as the parent company Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast, as long as they intend to do the things that keep getting a leak that they want to do, they're not getting a penny of my money. So I'm not going to use their services. So naturally, I have to learn a different service so we can continue to play. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah. Uh, just been, you know, painting. Uh, been working on a dragon for a competition. And I don't think I'm going to get it finished in time. So I'm disheartened about that. Uh, because for the most part, it looks okay. But it's not competition level good. You know, I could put it on my shelf and be happy with it, but I can look at it and see the flaws. I can see where I need to make other adjustments. I need to see where I need to blend my transitions better from one color to the another, to another color, to another color. And, you know, uh, fixing that with glazes uh, would work, but I've never attempted glazing and glazing takes a long time to build up from. I'm just, I'm not going to have time. I've got laser hair removal tomorrow. So I'll be gone all day tomorrow. And then it just leaves me half a day today and half a day Friday to get it done. It's got to be done and turned in by Saturday. I just don't know if I'll get it done in time. But I mean, hey, it's a complex um, model with lots of protrusions. Um, don't mean to interrupt you. Breaking news. Uh-huh. At Wizards underscore D&D has tweeted okay. out, let's talk about the path forward. Oh. And they have they have an extension. It's from a guy named Kyle Brink. He's the executive producer on D&D. It's my team that makes the game we all play. D&D has been a huge part of my life for long before I worked at Wizards, blah, 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 blah. 
Past three days and weeks have been incredibly tough for everyone. As players, fans, and stewards of the game, we can't and we won't let things continue like this. I am here to talk about the path forward. First, though, let me let me start with an apology. We are sorry. We got it wrong. Our language, <laughs> our language and requirements of the draft at uh, the draft OGL were just dis- disruptive to creators and not in support of our core goals of protecting and cultivating an inclusive play environment and limiting the OGL to TTRPGs. Then we compounded things by being silent for too long. We hurt fans and creators when uh, when more frequent and clear communications could have prevented uh, so much of this. Starting now, we're going to do better. We're going to do this in a better way, more open and transparent with our entire community of creators, with the time to reiterate, to get feedback, to improve. If this sounds familiar, it's because it's how we do it for the game itself. Let's So let's do it the way for the OGL too. We'll listen to you, and then we'll share with you what we've heard, much like we do with our un- Unearthed Arcana and one D&D playtest. This will be a robust conversation before we release any future version of the OGL. What to expect? On Friday, or say on or before Friday, January 20th, we'll share the new proposed OGL documentation for your review and feedback, as much as we do with playtest materials. Two. After you review the proposed OGL, you will be able to fill out a quick survey, much like under Arcana Playtest uh, feedback surveys. It will ask you specific questions about the document and include open form fields to share any other feedback you have. Three, the survey will remain open for at least two weeks and will give you advance notice before it closes so that everyone wants to partic- so everyone who wants to participate can complete the survey. Then we will compile, analyze, react to, and present back what we've heard from you. Finally, you deserve some stability and clarity. We are committed to giving both creators, sorry, we are giving creators both input and room to prepare for any update to the OGL. Also, there's a ton of stuff that isn't going to be affected by OGL update, by an OGL update. So today, right now, we'll lay out all the areas that this conversation won't touch. Your video content, whether you are... A uh, common podcaster, live play cast member, or any other video creator on platforms like YouTube, Twitch, TikTok, etc., you have always been covered by the Wizards fan content policy. The OGL doesn't and won't touch any of this. Your accessories for your owned content. No changes to the OGL will affect your ability to sell minis, novels, app- uh, apparel, dice, and any other items related to your creations, characters, and worlds. Non published works, for instance, contracted. Sorry, let me try that again. Non-published works, for instance, contracted services. You use the OGL if you want to publish your works that reference 5th edition content through the SRD. That means commissioned work, paid DM services, on aren't affected by the OGL. VTT content. Any updates to the OGL will stand will, will still allow any creator to publish content on VTTs and will still allow VV, VTT publishers to use OGL content on their platform. So the one that we were using. Uh, uh, DM Guild content. The content you release on DM Guilds, DM Guild is published under a community content agreement with Dungeon Masters Guild. This is not changing. Your OGL 1.0 edition content, or A. One, it says 1.0 A. Yeah. Uh, nothing will impact any content you have published under the OGL 1.0 A. That will always be licensed under OGL 1.0a. Your revenue. There will be no royalty or financial reporting requirements. Your ownership of your 
content. You can tune your content with no license back requirements. This is all from from me now. You will hear again from us before Friday, on or before Friday, as described above. We will be looking forward to the conversation. Kyle Brink, executive producer, Dungeons & Dragons. So, the most important takeaway from that is 1.0a is not being revoked. That is the biggest takeaway. That's the biggest takeaway, and that's the only thing that people have been up in arms about. That's the Well, that's the major thing that people have been up in arms about, because... Like there are Kickstarters that are in the process of going to print and being fulfilled that use that open gaming license that have been like, um, we don't know what's going to happen now. What if we have to pay royalties on this? What if we have to redo the draft, delay it by a year? You know, uh, who knows what's going to happen, but... You know, that that's much more satisfying to hear that than that smarmy fucking statement they put out last week when they said, oh, you're, you'll, you'll hear some people say that they won. That's only half true. They won and so did we. Uh, no, yeah. that's that's a statement you never should have put in the f- fucking words and released at all. <laughs> So they've walked yeah, back that, a that, lot. This, this statement was, no, we fucked up. Yeah, this, this statement was, we fucked up. And we know we fucked up. We should have done, di- done this differently. We should have handled this differently. And they, they learned. They fucked around and found out. Yep. So, well, there's that. Um. <laughs> that's, that's, that's very pleasing news, you know. And, you know, it was... Uh... I'm glad I checked Twitter while you were talking about your week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, see, I was thinking about it too. And I, you know, hadn't picked up my phone, but. Oh. My hips hurt. So if you're watching the live version, you just saw me fucking wiggle around. I was stretching my hips. But yeah. Um, well, my week's been uneventful. Uh, either it was work or figuring out bills. <laughs> That's it. Um, like nothing really new to report on anything. I, uh, yeah, nothing. Like we had a whole show to watch this week, so I had to you know, use my time very sparingly and make sure that I watched every episode, which yeah. we're going to review in a minute here. Um, so nothing new. I'm really hoping that tomorrow has some positive light on something our transportation so but yeah that's that's tomorrow we'll get there when we get there um well why don't we dive into kaleidoscope by the way guys what we're reviewing this week is the entirety of kaleidoscope which you can find on netflix which has a cool a cool idea behind it um we'll see if it works out when i review and then the uh, first episode of the adaptation on HBO Max, The Last of Us, um, with Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey. So why don't we go ahead and dive into Kaleidoscope, if you wouldn't mind giving us a little synopsis of both the show and the idea behind how it was presented. Sure, sure. Um, give me just one second. I was trying to find my watch order list. Uh, that I watched it in. Yes, I've got it. Okay. Okay. I was like, I got mine, so. 
Uh, well, Kaleidoscope is a standalone limited series. Uh, it's an American heist drama miniseries created by Eric Garcia. It's unique because it can be watched in any order at all. Uh, and the episode names are colors that you would see through a kaleidoscope. Um, but it centers around Master Thief, Leo Pap slash uh, Ray Vernon and his crew attempting an epic heist worth $7 billion, but betrayal, greed, and other threats undermine their plans. This came out New Year's Day on Netflix. Um, and... One of my favorite actors, Giancarlo Esposito, is the main character. He's the lead in Ray Vernon slash Leo Pap, his alter ego. Um, and the thing about it, it says they can it says they can be watched in any order. The, the black, which is a ninth one minute long little bumper. It explains the show's concept, but the episode why it's always intended to be the series finale. Series finale, but there's five thousand and forty possible ways in which the episodes can be watched. Unfortunately, it doesn't really matter. But it doesn't really matter. But let's go over our orders. What order did you watch yours in? So I started with red, which was the morning after the heist, um, okay. and then. And then green, yellow, orange, blue, white is literally in, or, and then and pink is literally in fucking um, chronological order. Mine goes seven weeks before, or sorry, seven years before, six weeks, three weeks, five days, the highest, and six months after. Um, and then I finished on 24 years prior. Oh, uh, wow. Yeah. Which I like that. I like that way to tell a story. Like, it's kind of cool to kind of like, you get hints and pieces of it throughout the entire show that there's a history between the two, those two characters. Yeah. And then you get to see why um, yeah. that's, that's a cool idea. I like that. Um, after having watched the whole thing, I'm like, it didn't matter what order I watched this in. It really I mean, didn't. Kind of. Uh, what order did you have? Uh, I started off with pink first, which is the ultimate finale episode. The six months after the fucking heist. Wow, and yeah, then, yeah, and then uh, Violet, which was 24 years before, so I saw the ending, the very end, then the very beginning, and then the next one I saw was what the actual heist itself. <laughs> the three arguably more important episodes, and then uh, Green, the seven years before when he's in prison, uh, Red. Uh, which was the morning after. Uh, orange, which was three weeks before. Blue, which was five days before. And yellow, which was which was yellow. Six weeks. Six weeks before. before. So, yeah. So, yeah, that was my order. And it reminded like me a order? lot. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I was like, well, this is a cool way to watch. It felt like the first time I watched Pulp Fiction. Uh, that feeling. Okay. Uh, everything falling into place at the very end. You know? Uh, of course, this, things were falling into place with each new episode. 
but it was that feeling of, you know, just the puzzle coming together uh, in the end in Pulp Fiction. It was very reminiscent of that for me. Okay. So something I want to bring up is that there's an actually intended or like the way that the, the, the creators of the show wanted or to be seen in versus like, it, you know, it having the concept of choose your own adventure. Um, so here's the, 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 the order, the intended order, right? So it starts with yellow six weeks before then green seven years before then orange three weeks before then violet 24 years before then blue five days before red the morning after then pink six months after and then white the heist so it's like very tarantino present present past present past present past but getting closer to the actual event each time and then further in the past each time if possible kind of that's interesting but yeah it's a very tarantino way to look at things you know there's not a chronological flow uh but that's the thing there's no wrong order to watch it in getting that out oh go ahead i think that there are different audiences in what order they should watch for example most people could probably watch in any order and be fine i would recommend somebody like my mom watch it in chronological order. Yeah. Uh, And that's because there are like watching the morning after there were characters. I didn't know who they were. I didn't know who they were attached to. I just knew that they got killed straight up. And, um, and as it went on and I saw who they were, I was like, okay. Like when it hit like, like six weeks before, I was like, I was like, oh, that's who they were. But my six weeks was like episode fucking four or something like that or three. Like, so I didn't have context early on. And I think that, you know, if you're watching the whole thing in one go through and you're kind of jumbling up your episodes like we did, you're going to pay attention to that sort of thing. But somebody like my mom who, and we'll get it because she drove me fucking nuts watching that, um, mm-hmm. doesn't pay super, super close attention. Like, she has this game on her phone, and she plays it all the fucking time. I'll be like, hey, mom, I want to see, I want you to watch this this video that I found or whatever. And I'll proceed to show it. She's like, hang on, I'm in the middle of a game. And she's just, and I'm like, this is so embarrassing. Like, you gave me shit as a kid for constantly staring at the fucking screen when I was playing a video game, and now that's all you do. Yeah. Um, But if she were to watch it in chronological order, she'd be able to follow it a lot easier. So I think I'm going to, because I think she'd like it. I, I want her to watch it. But so aside from how the show was presented, um, what do you think of the story? I thought it was a very good story. I thought it was very intriguing. Very, uh, I mean, I enjoyed the uh, the layout, the way it was presented. Um, I. Th- really think it could have benefited from at least one more episode. Uh, Not necessary, but it could have benefited from another episode. Uh, Just to help fill in a little bit of the questions about how things came together. Um, But 
also, you know, it's not needed. Uh, it's, it's very succinct, like, this is what happens here, we skip forward. This is what happens here, we skip forward. You know, and this is how these things fell into place during this. Uh, <clears throat> I really like the relationship between uh, Ray and his daughter. Yeah, I felt like that should have been more focused. That should have been more focused, and I think they it could have benefited... An episode uh, could have benefited from them uh, having a rebuild. You know, not just a quick little, oh, we're down on the pier having a meeting. And, oh, well, we're going to allude to this in a letter that's written. You know, I, I think we could have seen a little bit more from their relationship. Um. <laughs> But so I thought this show was okay. We'll, we'll get to grades at the end um, of the review, but it's not bad, but it hits a lot of stereotypical heist story notes. No, you're not wrong. And I've seen, I've seen so many heist movies. I love fucking, I love a good heist movie, but I think that's where the show should have done differently than, than what it did. Um, I don't mind a heist gone wrong. I think that adds to the story. I think that's great. But when you take a character or you take characters and you don't, something that makes high, like I'll, I'll say this, something that makes high stories really fucking fun is that all the characters have a specialty, right? Mm -hmm. um, but when you make a good chunk of those characters, either not well fleshed out or unlikable, you lose me. Bob? Bob and the mechanic guy, the driver. Um, mm. I'm not saying that he was unlikable, but he wasn't fleshed out. No, he wasn't. He was very, He felt very tacked on. Like, it was very much like he was coded to have autism. There should have been a story element that fleshed that out. Um, and I think that when you have these big emotional moments, like with the driver, and you know what I'm talking about, mm -hmm. you don't, the, the weight of it isn't as strong because I don't know the character. I know that he likes to bang on things with rhythm. And he's, he's you know, that's it. That's all I know about him. And Bob, I know that he's just a dick. That's it. Yeah, Bob was a and dick. It, and it's like those characters were written as if it was a two-hour movie not a fucking eight episode show. Um, so like a lot of that stuff just, just landed a little flat for me. Um, which and, sucks because there are some really good characters. Oh, know. I, I love, uh, the main character, um, Ray, Ray. Thank you. I should remember the actor's name, but you know, Carlo Esposito. Esposito. Uh, Giancarlo, that's what I was trying to say. Um, yeah, fantastic character. And uh, his his daughter did awesome. Um, the woman that was like with Ray the whole movie, uh, the one that like his fans, Ava. Ava. Uh, great. His his old his old cellmate. Yeah, Stan. Fantastic. Loved Stan. But his ex-wife slash Bob's girlfriend or what or wife, I guess at that point. Yeah. Like all we knew about her was that. 
she was with him and now with Bob. That's it. Well, she wasn't with him with him. I think that, you know, I think that she, it was kind of alluded to that she was stringing him along to get what she wanted. Um, and then met up with Bob, but yeah, you know, when it's revealed later that she's like this super knowledgeable chemist, cool. You finally given her some background, but before it just seems like she's just manipulative. So, but that's, but that's just it. That, that was my issue with it was that we had these characters that were designed for us to give a shit about, didn't really have anything concrete to give a shit about them on. So when things happened to them and the show was trying to focus on that bad thing that happened to them, I kind of went, uh. like, there are bad things absent characters that were impactful. Everything with Ray. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, but that's also like from a story narrative. Um, things happened a bit like, how do I put this into context? Because my, that's my issue with this show. That's my, like, it's concept of telling a story in pieces and you get those pieces per episode and you can watch it in any order. Fine. But there just, there wasn't enough or it moved too slow to get to those points. It was, it was very staggered in its pacing. Yeah. Like, I think one of the things that makes video games great is that a player can choose the pacing of the story. If I go to play Witcher 3, I can slow down the pacing by doing side quests, right? Mm -hmm. Or if I want the the pacing to be a bit faster, I just keep doing main storylines. The same thing goes for most video games in a a storyline-based situation. But with with a show or a movie, the creator has to pick that pacing. And when you're doing different... Each episode is a different point in time. You can sit there and go, oh, I can make each episode a different pacing. That's fine if I wasn't watching the entire season in one sit through. Or this is what I did. So that's kind of where my problem lies with the show. Now, if it just came out and it had a, you know, it had a standard timeline and the entire show had the same pacing, I think it would have been way better. Maybe if there were 10 episodes and they expanded upon characters a little bit more, it might have been better. But unfortunately, we got eight episodes that had uneven pacing to me with a decent storyline. That's 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 my that's my thing about it. But I don't know. No, no, you're not wrong. Uh, you know, I think that the main FBI agent that was I forgot hyper fixated on her. Uh, I was hyper fixated on Ava and Mm -hmm. getting to the like, we learned that Ava's an actual, uh, is actually a powerful attorney at one point. That, and and that's the only thing that's ever said about it. Nothing else is ever said about it. It's like, oh, she's an attorney. Okay. You know, seeing little things like that could have flushed things out better. Uh, You know, this this FBI agent just came out of nowhere, you know, and she yeah. could, she could have definitely benefited from more backstory. Uh, but, you know, it's like, there were some characters that really needed to be fleshed out more. Some were really good. Some were 
mediocre and mm-hmm. some were just I bad. wouldn't say I want to make it I want to make it clear. I don't think any of it was per se bad. I just think that it was a lot of it was standard. Nothing in it was like holy shit this is out this is amazing. Um it it didn't have the emotional resonance that I think they wanted it to have. I will say this though. And <sighs> You can say I'm nitpicking, whatever. Not just you, but people can say I'm nitpicking. But did the mechanics of the vault have to be very Zack Snyder? (laughs) Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. They made that as complex as fuck as they possibly could, I think. Well, that that's just it. Is it's 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 not just complex, but it's it's silly complex. It's over the top complex, like. A biometric gate, you know, to recognize the walk. Uh, okay, if that person's not walking in a proper way, then it's not going to get to the next point. Oh, temperature sensor. Uh, if you don't have a code, you know, the, it's going to read the temperature going up. Oh, what? The code kick on the air conditioning? Come on. What's that all about? It's it's silly. It's super fucking silly. And, and I get it. Like, Hey, we're trying to tell an over-the-top high story. Are you? Because there are episodes that to say differently. Like the whole prison episode was very normal. <laughs> so I don't. That's I don't know. I wish I could have liked it more, but it just it felt like it needed to not be with this weird premise that it had. I feel like. I feel like episodes would have been better if it was like this really cool scene between Ray and his item or his the his old cellmate's name. I don't remember. Stan. Stan. Like I don't want to say that I don't like how they how they told the narrative where you can watch it in any order. I don't want to say I didn't like it, but I think it was a detriment to how the story plays out in the show. I was getting ready to say the same thing. It's like the thing that makes this unique is also the thing that works against it. Uh-huh. Yes, 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 yes. Because, like I said, if there was an hour-long episode where they're planning the heist and there's this really cool touching scene between Ray and – what was the guy's name? His old St- Stan. Stan. Sorry, between I was Ray taking a drink of coffee. <laughs> You're right. Um and then it did a flashback to the prison breakout. That would have been rad. That would have been cooler storytelling. Because you know that there's a connection and you get to see it. Mm-hmm. But by that episode being its own thing, and you could watch that in any fucking time. You could watch that first if you really wanted to. Like, it just doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't, there's just, I don't know. I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm I'm honestly going to give the show a C plus. Oh yeah, it's not bad. I just have like, like everybody does a great job acting in it. I didn't think anyone was bad sense and like the overarching process of a story about a man falling from grace who was a thief and trying to re- you know come back to the life that he had before, but also trying to impress his daughter. But that not like that was great. Love that story, but it should have been the, the focus should have been on Ray and his daughter, and it wasn't. But also, it, it it was the focus at the same time. It was very bizarre on how it did that. Again, I think that the detriment to the show is its unique way of how it told the story. 
And I think it's a good direction in a, in, in a, in a place that could do it in a different context. So I don't know, but uh, what grade would you give it? I was going to give it a B plus, you know, yeah. it's, it's good, but it's not great. You know, the acting is stellar. Uh, the scripts are solid, you know, you don't have shitty dialogue. Um, you know, there, the, I think it could have benefited from another episode, uh, you know, with a little more fleshing out of characters, uh, certain ones in particular, but, you know, overall, like you, like you said, and like, I agree, I think what makes this show unique, it also works against it, um, and it could have been an A. Um, I don't think it's a plus material by any means, any stretch of the means. Even if you watched it, I think if you watched it in chronological order, it could possibly be better, but not much. Yeah. Because even you know, at that point, it's still a very standard high story. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's it's. I think it's just a little, little better than average, but but not great. I, I'm just going to say a flat B, not a B plus. Little, little better than average, but not much. Yeah. Still good, still worth a watch, but it's not going to fucking be. I would just highly, I highly recommend watching it. Grounds. I I recommend watching Chronicle Order. Yeah. Chronic Chronicle Order. Chronological order, we'll try to say. But yeah, that's, um, that's kaleidoscope. Um, yeah. Again, I, I yeah, it's if you want to have fun with it and you want to roll dice or pick you know the colors out of a hat or something like that, like we like kind of like we did, shoot for the moon. Uh, it's a cool concept. It really, really is. Um, but you know, it's also detriment to the story anyway. um all right well let's go ahead and move on to our other review which is episode one of the last of us the adaptation from playstation yeah and insomniac is that who makes it no it's not insomniac naughty dog naughty dog thank you <laughs> i was like they made i that's the thing about naughty dog i always remember them for making another game that i used to play in my youth and that was scratch bandicoot um, they also make uh, Uncharted, but I didn't re- I didn't play Uncharted until very recently. So, love the Uncharted games. Oh, they're great. Um, well, if you haven't played uh, The Last of Us and you haven't watched the first episode, Maya, do you have a synopsis for the first episode of The Last of Us? Spoiler I do. I do. Uh, yeah, and things will be spoiled in this. Just gonna let you know. Um, well, it's based on the 2013 video game of the same name. Uh, that's how to remaster and now a remake. Yeah. Uh, because that's how fucking good it is. I mean, really the, the last of us video game, the first one anyway, I can speak for is a masterclass in storytelling. Oh yeah, absolutely. I can't say anything about the second one because I've not played it yet, but the first one's fucking phenomenal. You really should pick it up and play it. I know. I know. I will. I promise. I'll get to it this year. That's one of my goals to play this year. Last of Us Part 2. 
But uh, yeah, it focuses on Joel. Uh, he's a smuggler who's been tasked with escorting a teenage girl named Ellie across uh, the United States in a post-apocalyptic pandemic, essentially. A pandemic that came about naturally. You know, it wasn't a virus that was created in a lab. Uh, it was a fungus that mutated due to global warming, possibly. And it's the it's heavily hinted to in the beginning of the episode. Yeah, which was a nice touch to add to that because yeah. that's not from the game. Um, no, I was but, trying to explain this to my folks as we watched it that uh, the way that the show is going to tell that part of the story, the way it would work in the games is you pick up newspaper clippings or things like that. And that's how you understood yeah. what the cordyceps fungus was. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, there is a cordyceps fungus out there and it actually works the exact way that the video game and the TV show describe, but it only works in insects, but it's a parasitical yeah, fungus. It's a parasitical fungus that takes control and roots in the brain of insects and basically makes them a puppet. And its sole purpose is to replicate, to feed, spread the virus, and take over. And it, hard won't, to virus, let, it won't let the host die. Uh, it delays... It delays uh, decomposition, what, sort of. Yeah. What the what the cortisol virus does is it is it connects to the brain of whatever creature has taken over, and it um, reroutes its motor functions to be very basic. So, like, let's say it takes over an ant's body, it will uh, force the ant to, like, the ant's dead. Like, I just want to make that clear. It's it's taken taken over a part of its body that controls its legs and stuff, but it's the ant is no longer alive. Um, and it uh, forces the ant to go to like the top of a, of a, of a rock or a branch or something to that effect as high as it can get it. And then once the motor functions have ceased, because you know, like rigor mortis and shit like that sets in um, it uh, sprouts out of its head and spreads its spores. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's real life. That's real life. Um, the the fictional cordyceps mushroom for Last of Us is functions kind of the same but very different. Yeah, yeah, and I was explaining more of the in-game TV show version. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's regardless, it's absolutely fucking horrifying. Oh yeah, it, it, like I've said this to a bunch of people: the cordyceps fungus mutation is so much more terrifying than. Uh, any other like zombie apocalypse scenario because you can get infected and not even know it. Like you stay as safe as you possibly can and you can get infected by the cortisol virus. Technically. Anyway, sorry, I don't mean to keep interrupting. I just fucking love the story so much. No, no, you're good. Um, you know what's funny? Before this episode had come out, uh, I looked at my dad and I was like, we're going to watch the show. Here's the trailer. He was like, oh, it looks kind of scary. And I'm like, it's really not that scary. Like, it's intense if you play it. Like, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're heart's racing because, you know, shit's going on. But 
it's not as it's not scary. So I was like, here, I'm going to I'm going to have you watch the game up until the point that I think the first episode is going to end. Dude, I 100% nailed that. Nice. Like the episode ended and I went, dad, I fucking nailed that, didn't I? When I had you watch the game, he's like, yeah, you fucking. Yeah, that was perfect. Like 100% nailed that shit. Um, so pat myself on the back on that one because I know how narratives work. I know what an audience needs to get sucked in and stay. But uh, yeah, um, one of the things that the show did quite differently than the game was spend more time with Sarah, which I think is really smart. Not much more, though. Just a little bit, but just enough. Enough to get attached. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, because, uh, it's, it's, we really spend the day before with her. That's it. And, and then, and then she, you know, passed out on the couch and it was very, very much the same as the game. Um, and then she wakes up and there's similarities. Uh, one of the things that's majorly different from the game to the movie or show, right? Oh, a virus spreads. So as we stated mm-hmm. in the game, it's spores for this. It has to be transmitted through from person to person. Um, either well, by so far that's or bite. So far, that's no, the Greg, only way uh, we know of. Craig, Craig Matson said in an interview, he says there's no oh, spores in the say. show. Yeah, he says there's no spores well, in the show. I didn't know if there were other ways that it was going to be transmitted other than a bite or a scratch, but <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, in, his, the game, his, his... in the game, the spores are very reminiscent of the characters from Stranger Things being in the Upside Down. <clears throat> yes, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the reasons that he said that he didn't want to have spores be a primary primary part to how the uh, how the fungus spreads in the show is um, he doesn't uh, he doesn't want to have all of his actors wearing gas masks for prolonged periods of time. Yeah. Um, so, and that makes sense, you know, when you want to have characters emoting. I mean, Pedro, through a mask. Pedro's already the Mandalorian. He doesn't need another role where his face is completely covered. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's. I mean, there are scenes that are like note for note the game. Yeah, the whole Joel and Sarah on the couch, uh, even uh, down to the T-shirt that she's wearing. The only difference, the only difference between her shirt and. Um, the games, uh, game Sarah shirt is that game Sarah shirt says 2013 or says the 13 tour. Yeah. Her says 2003 because they they said it to where the show, when we pick up is in present day, 2023. So they set the virus, uh, the, the day that the world fell on Joel's birthday in 2003. Uh, and in the video game, it takes place in 2013, and it's implied that it's 2033 when you pick up playing. <clears throat> yeah, but um, but yeah, uh, like really well done, really really fucking well done. Like, yeah, I know that we're going like oh game to move, game to show, game to show, but like just the show by itself, fucking superb, superb storytelling. You have a lot of emotional resonance. You have a lot of characters that are introduced um, that set up 
kind of where the show's going to take place or how it's how it's going to be told. Mm-hmm. Um, super fucking like happy that they want to tell a compelling story that's not just note for note the game. You know. Yeah, yeah. They're adding a little in a little bit of stuff here and there. Uh, and what? What about the old lady in the wheelchair when you see her actually? Oh, that was creepy as fuck. That was cool. That was really cool. There's but actually she's a out subtle... of focus when it happens, and it's wild as hell. Oh, it's awesome. There is, uh, there is a, a, a another subtle moment in the beginning before that that kind of shows that a little bit when she's in class and the mm-hmm. kids' bracelet. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I was like, oh, that's really smart. That's really clever. Uh, by the way, did you did you notice the uh, the clicker at the end of the episode? I don't think I did. He is he is on a roof as they're walking through the cars. When the lightning hits, oh. you can see him on the roof. I'll have to go back and look at that. His animations look exactly like the clickers from the games. I'll have to go back and look at that because I was like, oh shit, they got the building set up perfect. Oh, the Lady Tower. Oh, I'm so excited. For, like, that's that's next week, and that's going to be fucking awesome. Did you see that one tweet? I think you showed it to me. It may have been you, but it's like they said this series is supposed to be oh, the, uh, oh, the adaptation. Yeah, I'll let you read it. You can... Yeah, because I, I have it. It's the way he sets up the joke is so fucking good. Um, yeah. The Last of Us seems like a pretty faithful adaptation of the original game, but I think it was cowardly to leave out the scene where Joel gets killed 18 times in the first clicker room and considers getting a refund. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Oh, so good. Oh, this this one made me laugh. It says, uh, so it's the meme of uh, Amanda Cosgrove when she was like 10 years older or whatever, sitting there drinking a soda, watching something with a smile on her face. And it says me me playing Last of Us in 2013 versus me watching The Last of Us in 2023. Oh. But in both pictures, dating. <laughs> both pictures, what? Say each under each picture it says devastating. Oh. Because there there isn't there isn't many things in this world that are more emotionally fucking destroying than last of us like there are great moments in 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 the game that i can't wait to see how they do on the show um even even if it's just a little different i i just i can't wait to see it um and i know i've looked at the fucking cast list and like henry and sam are in two episodes Bill is in four episodes. Like, I'm excited. <laughs> and I, I'm only saying their names because that's all you need to know. Yeah, this is a... It's a treat to see something so beloved, taken so seriously, and done so well. Yeah. Uh, it's it's one of my favorite games that I've ever played. It's a beautiful story. It's a heart-wrenching and gut punch of a story at times. Oh yeah. But <clears throat> like it's... if you aren't playing the game going, oh no, like fucking often, I don't know what to tell you. 
Like this story is a full on tragedy with very seldom light notes, but those light notes come through so strong. Like take this episode, for example, you have, you have a really good light note with Joel and Ellie when they first meet. Uh, that'll kind of make you smile and laugh. Um, that's literally pulled directly from the fucking game. But it's it's that scene where she's trying to figure out what the code means to the book. Mm-hmm. The code that Joel would be sending Tommy. Um, where it's like 60s songs. If he plays a song from the 60s, there's, there's nothing going on. If it's from the 70s... Um, there's a delivery... There's a delivery. Thank you. I was trying to think of how to word that. And if there, if if it's from the '80s, troubles ahead, and or there's danger ahead, or whatever. And um, there's a really nice moment, and this happens quite a bit with Ellie, if I'm being honest. Like in the game, but they did it in the show so well that I was like, this is exactly what I wanted to see. I wanted to see that relationship growing between the two. But there's a lot of subtle context in what Joel says and what Ellie says. You know, you had to put it into context that Joel is 55 in this story, and he had such an awful, awful moment in the beginning of the fucking epidemic or pandemic. I don't know what the fuck to call it. Pandemic. Uh, well, pandemic is usually tied to, to virus, and the cordyceps mushroom is not a virus. It does infect, well, but it's pan means all, and this was global, so it's technically a pandemic. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm just saying the word is usually tied to virus. Um, but, uh, you know, his trauma and experience is, you know, differs greatly from Ellie's. Ellie has had plenty of trauma, but she was born after. She's only 14. Yep. She was born six years after it started and yep. then grew up in this shit. And I know that we're getting an episode or at least we're going to get flashbacks that are just are entirely that DLC to the first game. Yeah. So, oh man, I'm so excited for the rest of this goddamn show. Like Sunday nights, every Sunday night, Last of Us. That's what we're doing. Six six p.m. I just hope my parents get a little bit more into it. I think you know, like. That was my trouble watching. It was like that entire opening bit with Sarah, like everything with Sarah. My mom was just sitting there the entire time, like playing her game. You should take my phone from her. Dude, I made a comment. I made a comment. She put it down finally. The way that I make my comments is very passive too, because I'll be like, did you see that? Did you catch that? No. And I'm like, oh, God. like the lady twitching in the chair, the old lady. Uh, yeah. Like she missed it. And I'm like, it's a visual media. Put your fucking phone away. This isn't a goddamn podcast. <laughs> so I was getting, I was getting a little miffed with her. But, um, well, what do you, what would, you, what grade would you give the first episode? I mean, I think, fucking plus. Yeah, we're on the same page. I, mean, I don't think there's any more to say in regards to that. It was wonderful. I mean, yes, they did take a few liberties. They did change a few things from the game to Good. the show, but Good. all. To the benefit of the story. It's not changes for changes sake. It's changes that just help to flesh it out a little bit better. Uh, Little bits of added dialogue. Little bits of extra things here and there. Um, 
and here's the thing it could have been a literal word for word scene for scene adaptation and it still would have been an a fucking plus mm-hmm. but i think well let me, I'll, I'll i'll argue that a little bit and i'll tell you why i think it would have been really weird to watch joel and um tess tear through like fucking 20 dudes to get to one guy yeah yeah like for a video game sure because it's also training you how to play the game but for a show i much preferred the way that they did this like it makes more sense to kind of dial back the 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 violence until the very last scene because then you get that cool connection between ellie and joel when she's watching joel just beat the shit of that guy and she likes it there's a lot there. There's a lot of subtlety there that the game doesn't quite do as much. Yeah, yeah. No, so, I get what you're saying. Um, but yeah, I totally agree. A plus, like, I, I was, I was, I was, you know, cautiously optimistic because it's a, it's a, it's an adaptation, and nine times out of ten, adaptations are okay or you know whatever. Um. But no, they fucking nailed this. Absolutely nailed it. Greg Matson, who did uh, um, Chernobyl, which I need to see. Uh, he is a massive fan of the games. And there was a whole conversation, I guess, between him and... Um, Neil Druckmann that created Neil Dr- the game. Yeah, where Neil wanted to make the show more a show. He wanted to take stronger liberties. Where Craig was, Craig was like... I don't know if you know this, Neil, but I'm a massive fan of the games and I would prefer it to be note for note. <laughs> so they got into little like debates about how the story should be told for a TV show, which and I, I love the, the whole... opposite of how I thought it would be. <laughs> yeah. And I loved the whole presentation of Joel, his brother, Tommy and his daughter, Sarah getting away in the truck and how it followed the action the camera panning around just like it does in the game. It's just, and you see terrifying glimpses of shit happening, like the neighbors pouncing on the other neighbor. Uh, that was wild. Uh, uh, yeah. So also, fucking good. Yeah. I was like, I also think a giant plane crashing in the background is way more cinematic than what they did in the game, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just, I am a fucking, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. I'm so glad that it's good too. Like, Man, it could have been bad. Man, they could have fucked that up so good. Oh, anyway. All right. So next week, everybody, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this up here because I am hungry. This tum tum is empty. Um, you couldn't tell it. <laughs> oh God, I'm sorry. You this... could you could you could be standing on me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've heard that a thousand times in my life. Uh, next week, folks, we're going to be watching episode two of The Last of Us and the season two premiere of Vox, The Legend of Vox Machina, which will have three episodes. We're watching those two things for the next four weeks because I don't think there's much else. There might be something, but you know. We'll, and we'll, then that's what we're reviewing we go next into week. The Mandalorian on March first. So yeah, we kind of know we're getting a lot of oh yeah, you're right yeah, for a while. A lot of Pedro. Well, he's fucking you know. He, he nails it. He's fucking fantastic. Like I like, I can't wait for that guy to be in the MCU. It's gonna happen. It's gonna fucking happen. Um, one way or who another. Would you have already... who, would, who would you have him play? 
out of all the heroes that have not been in the MCU yet, I'm looking at my Marvel wall here, and I'm just I'm looking at characters going, who could he play? Maybe he could be the next big bet. I'd love to see him as Doctor Doom. Ooh. Uh. Oh. Uh. Now he's too old. He's a bit older. I was gonna say, uh, uh, the the Robbie Ghost Rider. Well, uh, the guy, the guy that uh plays Tommy in this show played Ghost Rider, Robbie Reyes Ghost Rider on Agents of Shield. Oh, you, yeah, that, wow, yeah, I didn't, even, I didn't, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you all, yeah, I don't, I mean, there's a bunch of characters they could still pull. I mean, they have a, like most of them now. Most of the popular ones. Oh, that's rough, dude. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm looking. I mean, he could be a mutant, but I'm not sure which one. Forge. Well, no, Forge is Native American. That's that's, um, a, that's a rough call. <clears throat> yeah, because uh, I'm, I'm like, Punisher hasn't been officially introduced in the MCU because the Netflix shows are no longer canon, but they did bring in two of the major actors from Daredevil show to be in the MCU. So, you know, there's a chance we could still get Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, and, I mean, Iron Fist needs to come in as an Asian guy because that's how he is now in the comic. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. They, they, uh, he, um, uh, what's his name? Passed down the, uh, role of Iron Fist. Danny Rand. Danny Rand, yeah. Uh, anyway, I could, I could look at this fucking giant fucking Marvel poster I have for a longer time and try to figure out exactly who, who he could play in the MCU, but there's probably some characters that I like some villains that I'm not hundred percent sure on, but anyway. All right. Um, but yeah, so we're going to watch. Yeah. So last of us two Vox Machina season two, there's three episodes on Vox Machina. Um, so that'll be fun. Like little movies every week. Um, but yeah, that's it. That's all we got. Uh, guys, make sure you follow us on all social medias, which are going to be listed down below. That's what we'll let you know if we add anything or if we change something. We won't, but follow us on those. Um, if you want to uh, uh, support us directly, you can go to our Teespring store, which is the link is also down below. Go ahead and buy a shirt, uh, something, a hat. I don't know. There's plenty of content on there with our cartoon faces or our logo. Uh, and let us know you bought something. We'll give you a big old thanks and a shout out on the podcast if you choose to. Um, and if you want to watch the live feed of today's podcast, go ahead and check out our YouTube channel. I mean, it, it's, it is what it is. I need to fucking do some solo uploads. I've not done that in a minute, but, um, but yeah, that's where you'd find that. Uh, but that's it for my notes. Maya, where can folks find you? You can find me on Facebook under my name, Maya Dawn Fisher. It's a public profile and both my Twitter and Instagram pages are linked to it. So it is your one-stop shop for everything I'm up to. What about you, Greg? Where can people find you? Uh, you can follow me under Chub Geek on all socials. Um, I've been doing some fun video game uploads with my Twitter. I'm going to start uploading those to my TikTok. Uh, just to have them, you know, in multiple places. Um, and uh, at the end of every month, I'm going to upload a compilation of all the clips from January, uh, which are going to be fun. But there's a, there's a lot of those. So, um, but yeah, that's it for me. Uh, guys, again, I cannot stress this enough. Uh, watch Last of Us. It is If you've never played the game, don't worry about it. 
the show was arguably a carbon copy and you know like i had a I had our friend mark that we played D with or you know game nights he had never played the game and he was wondering if that since he now has a playstation if he should play the game before watching the show and i said at this point just watch the show i said watch the show then go back and play the game because i feel like if you play the game now and then you try to go into the show it's it's going to be weird decorum in your head like i think one before the other and since the show is currently ongoing might as well watch the show then play the game um but that's I, that's just me uh but yeah and then vox machina which if you haven't watched that on prime yet highly recommend it's what got us back into D, which is a whole thing now but which i'm sure you heard at the beginning of the podcast um so yeah uh guys thank you so much for listening we really appreciate you uh that sounded very passive aggressive i don't know why we do appreciate you listening to us um but yeah um and 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 always remember remember very strongly fuck the gop fuck the nra donate and help where you can and we'll see you next week Take care, everybody.